0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So am I to take it that American service members can get killed and we can go days without a response? Oh, Tony, what are you, rushing to war? No, I am rushing to teach a lesson. What are you doing? Oh God, that's no way to start a radio show. I mean, that's just downright rude. Now it's being confrontational and argumentative. That's no way to talk to friends. Hey, boo boo. Hey, kitten. How's everything? The kids are good? Yeah, the date went good with that girl. Oh, that's great. Oh, I'm making a living. Yeah, good. You got the bonus. Congratulations. Great. Me? I want to know when we handle Iran. Sorry, I'm a one track mind. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on? 833 got Tony. 833 468 8669. Phone lines are open. I rarely do that, but call away. Feel free. Happy to have you. This is, without question, a mistake. Don't get me wrong. One should have a plan, a valuable, worthy plan for how to deal with an adversary. Iran is an adversary. We are at war with Iran because Iran is at war with us. It's not a debate. It's not a question. Everyone saying otherwise is wrong. Let's start discussing why it is that they are wrong. Now, that might be you. I, I Again, I don't want to fight. But we have attacks on U.S. service members everywhere. We have service members with traumatic brain injuries, with with broken bones, with injuries. We have three killed in an air attack trying to figure out the last time something like that happened if you say to me as we have discussed they shouldn't even be there that's a policy conversation that you are more than entitled to have I would absolutely concede that it's a worthwhile conversation now you could say it's a conversation that should have happened six years ago two years ago two months ago two hours ago fine in the meantime I have three dead Americans and if we don't punch Iran directly in the face and draw blood They'll do it again. Now what? If you want to say to me that my position is the warmonger's position, I reject that premise. My position is not to start a war with Iran. My position is to ensure that nobody messes with the United States. And those who do engage in violence with the United States suffer. I rank these things. You hear me talk about that all the time, that I rank certain things. For example, when we talk about the southern border and Ukraine, Griff Jenkins from Fox News scheduled to be with us uh, in a little bit uh, to break down what's going on, specifically the impeachment proceedings against the the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, and what we're hearing about San Diego, where they're starting to get a tremendous amount of people, which is weird because if you look at a map, and and I I, I encourage you to do this, Uh, go to United, U.S. map, and just search it up. Once you take a look at a map and where it connects to Mexico, you understand why people come up Texas Way, specifically McAllen and, and Brownsville, and they don't come up through the Yuma sector there in Arizona and San Diego. That's a tremendous amount of land to cover. It's a much tougher trek. So where are these people coming from? As we're learning, these people are single able-bodied males from China and India and Africa. No one should think that we allow single uh, able-bodied males into the United States. That's a recipe for disaster. And it is not a question of being humanitarian. It is a question of absolute foolhardiness. So we're going to talk to Griff Jenkins about those things. But when it comes to Iran, the argument of we shouldn't be there does not take away the need for a response. And I would very much appreciate it if people started getting into this headspace. Iran, they're engaging in their own threats. They're going to respond decisively. I think the words were decisively respond to any U.S. attack on the Islamic Republic. Okay, we accept your terms. Now what? Now what? Does it matter what they say? Oh, you see, this is starting a war. Everybody calms down. We can't be escalating. That's a term of the left, escalation. And and I do think that there are some on the political right who, who engage that. Responding to the death of three Americans is not escalation. It is the very basic. It is the standard. Iran murders three American soldiers. We murder 300 of the Ayatollah's closest friends and family. His dry cleaner, his dentist, his banker, all of them. You're right. 300 isn't enough. 3,000. We, we take out 3,000 of the Ayatollah's closest friends. When I say closest friends, people who are scared that he will kill them if they don't say, oh, that's a great joke, Ayatollah. I love the way you delivered that. Oh, and the way you stoned that woman for, to death for showing her ankle. Oh, I was so proud of you so proud you know what you know what if i could vote i would vote for you if, if we actually had votes we should not have votes you're absolutely right i told we should definitely not have votes around oh no 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 no! i would vote i would vote for you i would vote for you twice and if my sister didn't vote for you i'd stone her as well that's right oh, what i get to, i get to eat this week thank you you really you are beautiful no i don't, I don't mean it that way i don't want you to think that, that i'm gay because then you'll stone me to death so we can't have that does it matter to me what some fool thinks of escalation we're here and i want grown ups to start having the conversation of what do you do when you're here how do you respond what is it that you will accept and what is it that you will not accept i do not understand i am lost to the idea that we would accept this that there is absolutely no response from the Biden administration. If you tell me, well, they said that, that they're considering things and just because they haven't done something doesn't mean they won't do something. Allow me to give you a, 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 a theory here. Uh, throw, in a, throw out a philosophy or an idea, however you want to describe it. The Biden administration is waiting to see what it is the world wants before responding. In a matter of translation, we no longer have a foreign policy based on what is good for America and showing the world that America is not to be trifled with. We have a foreign policy based on, I wonder if France will think we're nice. That's not a foreign policy. That's what you do when you want to run for homecoming queen. No interest in that. I've seen a lot of movies. The homecoming queen doesn't end up looking good. No, she she is like one of those guys on Star Trek in the red shirts. They're dead first. Is it the red shirts? Is it the gold? I don't know which way. It's one of the shirts. They're immediately dead. Or as some people would describe uh, whoever the black guy is in the horror film. Immediately dead. No, we, th- that's not true? Oh, okay. Sure. S- send your emails. Feel free. Tony at TonyKatz.com. I think, we're hitting, I think we're getting a little too close to the bone for some people. We don't worry about whether another nation is happy with it. We don't worry about whether Europe's happy with it. We don't worry about whether China's happy with it. What does that matter? It's like worrying about whether China is happy when we have a conversation about whether TikTok should be allowed in the United States. Whether or not we should allow Chinese nationals to own land in the United States. There's a Senate hearing going on right now where Zuckerberg is there and, and a host of others, and it's, um, I, I would argue, it's getting a little bit hot.
1: Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg, you and the companies before us, I know you don't mean it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. You have a product. You have a product that's killing people.
0: That's a, that's, a, that's a rough one. This was about online child sexual exploitation. Um, and, and you could see Zuckerberg taking that one uh, personally. Uh, I think Facebook should be a better platform all the way around when it comes to, to free speech. But we'll discuss whether or not uh, Senator Lindsey Graham is right or wrong uh, in this. What matters is is that I wouldn't in say I'm doing uh, X, a lawful activity, like speaking politically, and worry about whether Mark Zuckerberg likes it. That's inconsequential to whether or not I engage the speech to discuss a subject, or you, for that matter, or any of us. So does it matter if the Chinese like it or don't like it if we say you can't own property if you're connected to the Chinese Communist Party? That's about the safety and the security of the United States. This is a must. As a matter of fact, the wiggle room conversation is laughable. Now, you'll note that I have now, in uh, two different places, discussed the idea of an absolute. That's because there are some absolutes, guys. We live in this world that wants to show us the never-ending shades of gray. That wants to debate out and 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 debate out every last bit of nuance of every last little thing. But anybody who has ever run a business, everybody who has ever been a parent, everybody who is really anybody of a free and thinking mind knows that eventually the decision has to get made. Certainly, we've all experienced the concept of analysis paralysis. When we're buying a big screen TV or a coffee maker. Analysis paralysis when responding to the murder of three American soldiers. That's insane. Our failure to respond refers to the fact or I think implies the fact that we did not have a plan for what would happen if three soldiers were killed. I grew up, you grew up, many people grew up with at least the philosophy that the people who work in these kinds of institutions, right, the people who uh, reside in the five-sided building, it's called the Pentagon, people, it has five sides, look it up, Uh, ask uh, Bill Nye, science guy, he'll tell you I'm right. He's wrong about global warming, but he is right about a Pentagon having five sides. You would think that this is all they think about. You would think that if three U.S. service members were killed, they would say which country, and then they would go to the file with that country. They would look up what if three service members are killed. Then they'd look up how they were killed, and they would be able to pull out 27 plans. You want to go with number six? You want know, number six or number 14? Number six or number. I like six or 14. What do you like, Tommy? I like number seven. I think number seven really packs a wall. Ooh, number seven's good. Okay, let's grab these three. Let's bring them to the president. Let's pick one. Let's go. What does that take? 10 minutes? Then you got maybe an hour with the commander in chief. Okay, this does this and that does that. <laughs> okay, but if we did this, okay, great. Let's go with that one. Thank you. Now, where's my ice cream? Jill, get my pudding cup. Jill? Jill! I'm assuming that's the way he yells for Jill. And that's the end. I am, I, I, I only hope that I'm not alone in this. I only hope that I am not alone in the recognizing of how insane, horrific, and dangerous it is that there's been no response from the United States. And for those people who want to call me a warmonger, uh, for the record so we can continue to be friends. I don't care. To not respond is to invite more violence. To not respond. To not engage. To not set the record of Pax Americanus. That is... that is surreal absolutely surreal it is dangerous and no one can vote for that weakness ever again this is tony katz today I'm digging in on these digital equity rules. And most people are like, I'm sorry, what did did you say now? Uh, Digital equity what now? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. The phone number, 833-468-8669-833. Got Tony. That is the number. This is uh, about a joint uh, a resolution to declare the digital equity rules the plan from the FCC to be wholly uh, abusive the idea is to say hey we can't have discrimination with within uh um the world of the internet so what we need to do is we need to create rules that prevent this from happening now you and i both know that when the government says well we can't allow this so we have to work to stop this in the vast majority of cases That, of course, means that you no longer have free speech. You no longer have a voice. You're always the one who is guilty. And somebody else, ah, they're not even paying attention. They don't know. What's the big deal? I don't understand. You're just complaining. You must be a part of a militia. I mean, it's going to jump to there. The issue that uh, Representative Andrew Clyde and Buddy Carter have, Republicans from Georgia, They want to nullify this, which is referred to as, wait for it, digital equity rules, because under the guise of equity, they write, the Biden administration is attempting to radically expand the federal government's control of all internet service and infrastructure. The so-called digital discrimination rule from the FCC hands bureaucrats unmitigated regulatory authority that will undoubtedly impede innovation, burden consumers, and generate censorship concerns. We have all seen that if the federal government had been in charge of the Internet, we would be able to send email via dial-up. That's where we would be right now. We would have zero innovation because government does not inspire innovation. Systems inspire innovation in terms of a system that lets people innovate and then profit off of those innovations or not. It's up to them allows them to pursue passions, things like that. But if you use the the, the the guise of equity, well, then you're guaranteed to have a total disaster. This went into effect January 15th. Implements a section of the infrastructure bill. Oh, oh, is that right? It prevents digital discrimination of access to broadband services based on income level, race, ethnicity, color, religion, or national origin. Now, in hearing that, there is not a one of us who'd be like, well, wait a second. If you can buy the service, you should be able to utilize the service as you see fit. We have rules about certain things. If you're looking up how to make a, a, some kind of explosive device or harm people, well, that could be an issue. But I'm not in the business of trying to police what people are doing online. You want to look at whatever it is you want to look at as long as it's legal and lawful and the people that you're watching are legal and lawful engaged in contract of their own free will without any coercion. No problem. Vice President Harris said these rules will protect civil rights, lower costs, and increase internet access for Americans across the country. No, it won't. There's no way any of this lowers costs and increases access. If you can't afford the internet, you can't afford the internet. Or is equity now mean you have to provide free internet in certain places based on whatever characteristic or demographic that comes with that zip code? That's maybe another story. This is another example of, it's Michael Walsh, uh, the great author, uh, The the Devil's uh, Pleasure Palace, The Fiery Angel, Last Stands, that's all Michael Walsh. Uh, And I paraphrase, the left never rests, they never stop, they never sleep, they never quit. There's always something, there's always one more thing where the reality is this is bigoted and therefore the government has to save you from yourself because you don't even understand what kind of bigot you are. We must now have this equity. I am following this story. This, what clearly looks like overreach from the federal government. And if this is in the infrastructure bill... My God, what else is in the infrastructure bill that we missed? What comes next? Let's take a look at the border that's coming up. This is Tony Katz today. It seems that Alejandro Mayorkas isn't going to go quietly, and certainly one could take a look at impeachment and not see it moving further past the House than just, well, actual impeachment. But the statement is being made, and the screaming and the yelling from whether it be Benny Thompson, congressman from Mississippi, or Dan Goldman, congressman from New York, notwithstanding, they'll tell you that there's a border deal put out there by Joe Biden. Why won't Republicans vote for it? They want it for the politics. The Republicans will say, we've been talking about the border for years. We passed legislation in the House 265 days ago. Why hasn't uh, the Senate moved on it? And, oh, by the way, Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas has failed us and failed America. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Griff Jenkins joins us of Fox News, who was covering the border before covering the border was cool i do want to get into what's happening in san diego you and 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 bill malugin have been reporting on the number of single able-bodied males coming through uh california coming through the border there But, but let's start with what's going on with the impeachment with mayorkas and the argument that was made in the markup by both republicans and democrats
1: well, Tony, it's great to be with you. And look, at the end of the day, you know, the, the reasons that they are trying to – the House Republicans are trying to impeach ultimately Mayorkas is the fact that he did not carry out the laws that are on the books. They put out endless ads of public safety announcements that still run every single day to CBP on Twitter and elsewhere saying if you don't have a legitimate – Uh, uh, reason for asylum, Uh, you will not be allowed to stay in the U.S. But that's just absolute hogwash. They're all being 80-plus percent, 85 percent are allowed to be released into the U.S., and they're not coming because they're seeking asylum or meeting any credible threat of fear. They're coming for economic reasons. That's why I was covering that caravan a few weeks ago, carrying the banner, Exodus de Pobre, Free us from poverty. The migrant leader themselves uh uh, Villagran, Luis Villagran, who I know and have, have gone and covered them in Tapachula and places like that, told me the migrants are not coming for any other reason than the fact that they know they're going to be released and they're going to be able to get jobs. Look at these sanctuary cities from New York, Chicago, and elsewhere that they're trying to get work authorization for them so they're not homeless vagrants in their town, but yet at the same time, they're getting what they want. They're getting exactly what they came for, and that's why they keep coming in, in, you know, absolutely unprecedented numbers. And so Mayorkas is being impeached by the House Republicans because he's not enforcing the laws on the books and the second article of impeachment, which is that he's lying to the country about it. Now, this idea of
0: enforcement, we've heard Joe Biden go through this this odd bit of storytelling that the problem is. He doesn't have the power. This is is Joe Biden in his own words. Uh, listen.
1: With executive authority, or is there more you can do? absent all I can do. Give me the power. I've asked him the very day I got it off. Give me the border patrol. Give me the people, give me the people, the judges. Give me the people who can stop this and make it worse. He's making the
0: argument, Griff, uh, that he doesn't have uh, the the power one of your compatriots jesse waters made a, a extremely solid point for three years the biden administration has told us that the border is secure it's fine stop being ridiculous now all of a sudden he doesn't have the power in the in the halls of dc that you cover as much as you cover the border how is this argument going over
1: Well, listen, it's very disingenuous, and that's not an opinion. That's an observation, because let's not forget, Tony, on day one that he was inaugurated in 2021, he undid 94 executive orders from the Trump administration pertaining to the border, things like remain in Mexico, that when he realized at some point into the past three years that he was creating a crisis by undoing those, he could have put them back in place. And that certainly would have plugged some of the leaks, if you will, in what was a ship destined to sink. Now that the sink, now that the Titanic is on the bottom of the ocean, he's saying, wait, I need someone to give me help. And, And so it's really just unbelievable for him to say that. Now, there is an argument that Congress is the only one that can change policy like asylum. And he's right about that. But the argument against this current border deal and what's happening in Washington that insults the intelligence of Americans, for those that think the Americans don't understand it, you're talking about giving more resources to continue the processing and transporting of migrants, not the detaining and deporting of them, because we're seeing nothing in the way of increasing detainment and deportations, and certainly nothing in the past three years has suggested they were trying to get there until all of a sudden, in an ABC poll, Joe Biden is at 18% on handling the border, our borders being absolutely run over, the Texas governor has decided to challenge the Constitution and take matters in his own hands because he doesn't know what else to do, and you've got the president sitting there that, that uh, he can't do anything. He can do a whole lot starting 10 minutes from now, which is reinstating Remain in Mexico. Let's so talk why? about that. Hold yeah, on. Let's,
0: let's, stay right there. Talking to Griff Jenkins of, of Fox News. You catch him weekends. You catch his reporting everywhere. He fills in on Fox and Friends. My gosh, he runs the whole company by this stage of the game. Um, the Remain in Mexico policy. This has been a little bit of back and forth. And over the last couple of years, it's kind of gotten... Uh, kind of scrubbed in, in in the wash in terms of what it refers to. Define the Remain in Mexico policy that President Trump put into place to explain what it is the Biden administration did and where does it reside right now?
1: That's a great point, which is to step back and say, what was it? We heard about it. And why did it work? So it originally was started because of COVID. And it basically said, if you're going to apply... For asylum in the U.S., you have to remain on the Mexican side of the border while your asylum claim plays out. And if you get then uh, approved to come into the U.S. for the next stage, because there's several. First, you got to like come and say you're claiming asylum and explain exactly why it is that you have you meet the threshold of credible fear. That's then noted at a port of entry by an immigration by a CBP officer who then would take the next step, which is to push it to an immigration attorney who would then dis- begin to decide whether or not you do qualify for asylum, right? It's it's sort of a uh, a multi-tiered system, and you've got to get to that immigration judge. And so <clears throat> with COVID, we we're like, listen, you can't come over here because it's too dangerous right now with the cross-border and all the COVID things. You got to stay there. When we began to get unprecedented numbers, large numbers coming, President Trump signed an executive order saying, you know what, everybody claiming asylum, and particularly if you cross illegally and say, oh, I claim asylum, it's like, great, okay, sounds good, give us your name and info and go over to Juarez or Matamoros or in Tijuana, and you wait there, and we'll let you know when that uh, uh, is approved or disapproved, which set up all those camps we saw on the Mexican side. And migrants were having to wait months upon months, if not year upon year. And the migrants said, Well, wait a minute. We didn't sign up for staying in a migrant camp in a Mexican border town. We want the good life and we want it now. And Trump said, No, you can't. You got to do it this way. And if you cross illegally twice after you're applying for a remain in Mexico, you lose your right to stand in that line. And they were like, Well, hell with this. I don't want this, Tony. I'm I'm gonna worry worry you know, try again some other time. Meanwhile, the Biden administration comes in, undoes it. They all start coming in massive numbers. Then they came in such large numbers that you started to get these NTAs. We hear about NTAs. That means a Border Patrol agent. In Eagle Pass, when I was there in September, in October, we were seeing upwards of 3,000 a day in that area. On one specific day, Tony, I remember I was doing live reporting. We had 27 total Border Patrol agents on the sector in Eagle Pass, only 27 individuals, and we had more than 3,300 encountered that shift. And so you do the math. These guys, can't, these guys and gals can't write these notices to appear faster. Now you see my buddy Malusian reporting <clears throat> last month. About this asylum date 10 years down the road and beyond, notices to appear because the system's so backlogged. So, this administration, Mayorkas, and President Biden ultimately allowed the backup to become so. Uh, burdensome, that they allowed the migrants and the cartels, ultimately, because that's who's getting filthy rich off of it, to overwhelm the system. And once they broke the system, they own the system. And now uh, Biden's acting like, well, there's nothing I can do. It's, It's a crisis. He finally, for the first time, used the word crisis. That's just simply, I think, the appropriate adjective is disingenuous.
0: Talking to Griff Jenkins of Fox News, weekends on Fox News and, of course, his reporting from the border and from D.C. That's an important definition about what Remain in Mexico actually uh, does and, and how it gets kind of manipulated. Because one of the things we heard in the impeachment hearing was Representative Dan Goldman of New York say, we don't have a place to house all these people. We don't have a place to put all these people and Remain in Mexico would solve that problem. But I want to take you out of the impeachment conversation. I, I, I will come back to it and bring you to San Diego, where your 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 partner, Bill Malugin there, as, as we think of the border, you guys are, are the one to punch, talking about what's happening in San Diego and the numbers of crossings there increasing. Keep your eyes on that. Specifically, single, able-bodied males. Are we seeing an increase in San Diego and... Should we, or should does Border Patrol believe we should be thinking about single, able-bodied males differently than women, children, and families?
1: Well, yeah. And listen, here's the thing about... So San Diego, which is, as you know, is just north of Tijuana. You know, whether it's San Diego or Lukeville, Arizona, or Eagle Pass, it, it ebbs and flows in terms of which area is ground zero. Right now, San Diego's <coughs> sector is at ground zero. They have more than 1,300 illegal migrants crossed yesterday, but they're coming not only as single adults, of which about 1,300, it was roughly 1,100. I mean, like 85% were single adults. And it included from over 100 countries, including everything from China to Africa, Vietnam, you name it. And so... You wonder, why are they coming? Again, it goes back to the job thing. Single adults are coming because they know they can find work and they can find an opportunity for a better life. About the only perhaps silver lining to this story in this crisis is, Tony, you can say at least the rest of the world still knows there's no 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 greater place on the planet than in the United States of America that offers anybody, particularly the downtrodden in the uh, disenfranchised, the most likely chance of success in reaching that American dream. You hear all kinds of Americans talking about the American dream is lost and done and we're terrible and woe is us. Go stick our head in the sand. Ask these migrants from all over the world, why they came. It's ultimately because they believe they can do it. And they believe that ultimately Joe Biden promised them the opportunity to do that. Remember, he promised this to them. And that's why, they they say that you know thank you Mr. Biden and all I've done it with migrants. Bill Malusium more recently did it. But San Diego right now is being hit hard. And what's really significant about the different number of countries in Venezuela in, in Eagle Pass it's largely Venezuela and in a few other countries, but they're getting a heavy concentration from South and Central America, whereas out in California and in Arizona, they're getting the wider spread of migrants from all over the globe. And that is an indication from my Border Patrol sources that ultimately the cartels have figured out a system in some areas to just set up uh, 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 an opportunity to do a worldwide travel agency and bring them from all over. And, you know, it was in... Uh, Yakumba, California, where malusion dropped that video yesterday uh, of smugglers uh, in SUVs, two SUVs dropping off migrants who just go around a part of the border wall where it's open. And that had people from India and Turkey and everywhere else. And so, you know, this this situation is is. All a snapshot, and we keep getting snapshot after snapshot in time, of the national security implication. You know, the I put out in the very beginning of, of uh, January, I knew from my source there was 302,000 migrant encounters in December, shattering all records. And sure enough, guess what? That pre- bore out true. What I didn't know was the exact number of people on the terror watch list. It was 19, bringing the number to 51. One was from the northern border. All the other uh, 50 were from the southern border crossings. And <clears throat> you look at the data yesterday. So yesterday there was just a little over 6,200 uh, encounters across the entire Southwest border. Right, 740 something I remember. I think 41 were uh, known gotaways. Right. So that's seven more than 700 potential. You know, on any given day, more than 700 potential terrorists in our country. But then you look at the December notes, 302,000. That's when you watch the Super Bowl, when the Chiefs take on the 49ers and you see those giant crowd in that Super Bowl stadium in Vegas, just know that what crossed in December was four and a half times that. Well,
0: there's the sobering thought. Griff Jenkins. Uh, Fox News as the impeachment proceedings proceed we will speak again uh, about that and this uh, border deal which seems to be uh, DOA coming from Jim Lankford and uh, the Senate uh, that bipartisan deal Griff Jenkins Fox News weekends catch him there I appreciate you more is coming up I'm Tony Katz So you that didn't health take health any health action, health. you that's didn't take health. any action, you didn't fire anybody, you haven't that's compensated a single not, victim. Let me ask sense. you this,
1: let me ask you this. There's families of victims
0: here today. Have you apologized to the victims? I Would I've, you like to do so now? Well, They're here, you're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? I, 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 and to Mark Zuckerberg's credit... He's turned around in this hearing, spoke to these families, spoke to these people. Now, I will not be somebody defending Mark Zuckerberg. I won't do it in terms of what he has done regarding free speech and and the level of failure that he has allowed to take place. But I don't know how many tools we think we need. And maybe the question should be asked differently. Give me all the tools. Will it stop everything? Is this what we want? We want to stop the exploitation, sure, but we got to ask ourselves what it means. I don't know if this is hearing is doing that. I'm Tony Katz.